0: Welcome back to Attack of the Queer Wolf. This is Nay.
1: I'm Michael. And I'm Brennan. Hey. <laughs> hey. Happy- Here we are. Yeah. Sorry. Go on.
0: Oh, just happy Pride Month. The same thing you were going to say.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, a yeah, happy last 15 minutes of Pride. We made it. We fucking made it. Did we? Just,
0: this- <laughs> right. <laughs> Michael is here, but he is quite injured. So we're gonna send his back the good vibes.
2: Seriously, I get married in 16 days.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: So like I need it to be better by then. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's definitely.
2: (laughs) But yay, marriage.
0: Yeah, congrats. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, while while you still can yeah exactly (laughs) you
2: know we had someone say that to us the other day like seriously it was a straight person and they're like oh they said something like oh just getting it in under the wire and i was just like i was mad it was kind of like like fuck you like this is something you'll never ever have to concern yourself with
1: yeah and like also it's your relationship like it's kind of none of their business right just like
2: I don't know, it's just wild. I was just like, fuck you. I like wanted to like. (laughs) like,
0: Uh, "Ah, Hilarious,
2: hilarious lady.
0: Yeah, not okay. (laughs) If you are outside of my personal marginalization, (laughs) you don't get to make the joke. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well. You know, like literally one day Brian's crying. Brian was like crying the day before thinking about it. And this person's making a joke. And I'm just like. Mm. Cool.
0: <laughs> Great. Well, we made it through Pride Month without, you know, whooping anyone's ass. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, um, I am so happy to see both of you, of course. Uh, I was really excited to record with you. Actually, I mean, I have the thought all the time. I'll be like, oh, I miss this too. Like, I would love to do an episode. We're all just so damn busy, mm-hmm. and, which is great. Um, which is good, of course. Uh, but I definitely miss this and miss doing it with both of you.
1: Mm, naturally, yes, Yes. me yes. yes. yeah. too. Um, but should we? You know, we could we could play catch up. Like, what have y'all been up to in the uh, intervening? I think what it's been eight months since we recorded a podcast. <laughs> it's been that long. I think it was a Halloween <laughs> episode we did wow
0: oh shit damn time is right time is so (laughs) strange i have no i cannot believe that last summer it was not 2020 i have a hard time with Mm -hmm. that i keep i'm like okay well then what the fuck happened summer of 2021 i have no idea
1: right it's been lost to time it's a mystery yeah where did it go?
0: Yeah, I don't fucking know. It's all so strange. And then eight, you say eight months since we last recorded. I can't even conceptualize that. I, it feels like yesterday, but also five years ago. So,
2: right, right. Oh, yeah, man. I mean,
0: the God, in those eight months, look, I, what did I do?
2: I moved. Um, Scooby turned three. Oh, Brian started his own business. Like, <laughs> uh, Chris Lannan and I wrote another script together, which is super fun.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Is there any anything you can say about this one?
2: Uh, all I can say for now is it's not horror. Ooh. Yeah. Um I just finished writing a big horror movie yesterday though, which is really exciting. I can't say anything about that though, either. But um yeah. Moved. Moved was the big thing. Getting ready for a wedding. Um venturing back out into the world
0: you also didn't you do some like location scouting oh yeah
2: did location scouting for my movie that's shooting this fall slash winter which is really exciting i wrote a christmas slasher movie um then david grabinski who did the first season of the are you afraid of the dark reboot and directed a really fun little indie movie called happily starring joel McHale, is directing joel McHale starring Mm. um It's with Shudder and Universal International. um, It shoots this uh, November, which is really exciting. It's the first movie I'm going to produce, too. Producer on the movie as well.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah, so it's really exciting.
2: We just had a really big call yesterday with the team. We're going to start really getting into casting heavily right after the holiday. So I'm really excited because we should be up there in the fall for prep and everything. So, yeah, it's really starting to move. I'm really excited. Um, And it's very much in my wheelhouse. It's very much in the vein of freaky and time cut and stuff. So I'm really excited for people to see it. Um, Yeah, super fun
1: and scary. Okay. All
0: right. Yeah. Cool.
1: Yeah, you're just... That's
0: fucking cool. Yeah, I'm pumped.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're just spreading across Hollywood like an ivy, just taking over everything.
2: (laughs) Hardly, but it's really fun because, like, it was really nice. I had a really kind of poopy experience on a project recently, and that gave me the motivation to, um, with this Christmas movie, to put my foot forward and go, you know what? I want to be actively involved in this production, and that's the only way we're going to be able to make this movie. And everyone went, okay! so like may's advice always like ask for what you want Mm -hmm. and it really worked and the people were doing it with the the team producing it one of the guys produced freaky so i've known him for a really long time now and he trusts me and i trust him so when i told him what i really wanted and how i really wanted to be involved with the project in every possible way he was so supportive of it so it was really nice and it's just really nice to find the people that you want to keep working with um you know, I used to always kind of joke like, you know, like, oh, the same people always seem to work together like, blah, 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 blah. and it's like, well, now I know why. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why fix what ain't broken?
1: Yeah, and it's good when you uh, find the people that affirm you and are helping you get, you know make, make the thing happen that needs to happen.
2: Exactly. Um, speaking of spreading all over town nay <laughs>
0: spreading oh, all over town sweetheart i would uh-huh. like that i wish it was
2: like that uh yeah tell the audience what you've been up to you're doing so uh, much bullshit I mean,
0: yeah it's i mean it's all some of it is like feels super surreal so i'm like it just doesn't even i'm like i don't know it has to be fake but um, <laughs> you know, just been working on the upcoming shutter Queer for Fear documentary. Um, and Na's a producer been... on
2: it. She's not just working on it.
0: <laughs> and it's really <laughs> fucking cool. It's really fucking cool, honestly. I'm like really, really grateful to Brian Fuller for just like letting me learn whatever the fuck I want to learn. like, it's kind of like, I mean, I have a huge, I'm like talk, trying to talk while I have this huge smile on my face because anything that I have any kind of curiosity about whatsoever, Brian's like, you want to know how to do that? Do you want do you want to? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and it's just like the coolest fucking thing ever. And I'm having a ball, um, just really, really, really lucky. And grateful and happy about it. So that's fucking awesome. I hope, Um, um, just to speak on that really quick, I hope everybody
2: finds their person like that because it's so, it's really a gift. Like Chris Landon was like that for me and he still is, you know, like, like when we were doing Freaky, he was just like, what do you want to know? And I was like, everything. He goes, come on, let's go. You know what I mean? It's like so, so cool because like, I know everyone's capable of doing stuff alone, but it's always great when you have just a helping hand or a guide. You know? And the person that and a guide that trusts you. Yeah. To take what you're receiving and do something with it and not take it for granted and let it fall by the wayside or act like you're above it or better than it. Um, when really Nay and I both were in the position at the beginning of both of our. Deals with this where we both had no fucking clue and weren't afraid to say (laughs) that. That's the other thing too. I wasn't afraid to admit I didn't know something. And, nay, I know you've been that way the whole time. It's like, what is pretend? Pretending is
0: not going to get you anywhere. No, no. And I think it's really lovely to like be in a situation, like you said, where this person trusts you. So like. Brian, he's like, You're smart, you can learn anything. So the fact that you don't know it, something isn't reflective on, you know, who you are, what you are, what you know, like it it does reflect on what you know. <laughs> you just said you don't know it. But I mean, it it's like I feel comfortable enough to be like, I don't know what the fuck that means or you know, whatever the case may be, and I feel it's an environment where I'm like, okay. I'm allowed to not know that someone's gonna mm-hmm. show me. And I, that's just like, you know, coming from a lot of the environments that we've all been in. It's like, did you go, were you in a classroom where you felt comfortable asking questions? Like I wasn't, Same. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, did you have a parent or even like a, a teacher shit who you felt comfortable? No, absolutely not. So um, once again, just finding myself with people that I wish I had had around me when I was younger. Um, (laughs) and I'm super grateful to, to be around them now. So.
1: Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah, And, and, and on the flip side, if you're someone who has that kind of knowledge and experience, make sure you're giving that to someone, make sure you're sharing it with someone who needs to learn those things. (laughs) you're, You're paying it forward.
2: Yeah. I actually, um, Not to like flex, but like I had a friend who's a really good writer last week who I think is really funny and like just really clever. He wrote this pilot script and it was so nice to be able to go, you know what? I know you're looking for a rep. I'm going to send this to my manager. It's like, and like, he just was like, oh my God, really? And I was like, yeah, it's a really good script. Like what's the worst that's going to happen? He's going to say no. And it was just so nice to just be able to just have the ability to just text my manager and be like hey i'm going to send you someone's script that you should read and he's like okay just just send it over and that was it you know what i mean and it was just i don't know why i'm telling this story i think it's just nice that i'm in a position now that i can actually do that for somebody who i think deserves to be (laughs) read at the very least you know so yeah you gotta you gotta do the same things that you were um Given, or what's the word I'm looking You know Brennan? You got to do what Brennan just said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Look, I'll just, yeah. I'll, that, that's going to be my ringtone from now on. Right. Brennan, uh, what's
2: up with you? Well, you were telling us that you are a full time writer at home. I think that was last time, too, right? Yeah,
1: I, I've kind of. Like I had just started at Screen Rant, I believe, when we last recorded, and I am still around at Screen Rant. I'm I'm a senior writer of movie and TV news over there, which is very cool. Um, but it's the same thing as last time. I'm kind of I am, I would hesitate to say stagnant, but I am um, uh, consistent. Essentially. Um, stable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which Some is. Stability. Yeah, stability is not something to look down on when you are working in the web space. So I'm very, very lucky and very, very happy about that. Um, I do also want to give a shout out to alternate ending as well. That's a website where I produce a lot of podcasts um, as well as uh, write a bunch of reviews, but also they are uh, the, the guy who, one of the guys who owns Alternate Ending is uh, producing a movie with a former guest of Queer Wolf, Parker Brennan. They're creating a queer horror anthology called Hauntology. Um, What's it called? Hauntology.
2: Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah, and I mean the the Kickstarter that they're running is running for the next like two hours, I think. Once this episode yes. goes up, so if you're really curious and and you listen to it immediately, you can check that out. I'm not I'm not necessarily plugging that, but you should keep an eye on like the Hauntology space. I know uh nay they asked you to participate slightly if you want to talk about that a little bit
0: um i don't know what i can talk about i signed an nda and i but i didn't really read it
1: okay Um, well then (laughs) i i can okay okay so i will
0: and those fucking things are long
1: i will say (laughs) because i know what they've shared publicly already nay is contributing some paintings for a certain segment of this anthology brian or brian brennan just broke the NDA.
0: yeah no because... you're right i they did update the kickstarter um, oh good there there is a uh, a portion of the anthology that they need original art for and i am going to create that so that is really fucking cool um love rob love parker brennan love meeting with them to talk about it uh And it was really cute because I'm like, can't talk about it. And then I'm like, oh, my God, it was really cute Um, Uh when Parker Brennan was just like, oh, you're going to you're going to make original pieces for this. And I'm like, well, yeah, I read the script. And like, I can't imagine trying to make something I've already made kind of fit into, you know, what you want. And it just sounds a lot more fun to try and create something based really specifically on what you're looking for. So yeah super fucking excited about that It's one of the coolest things i've ever done for sure Real super cool hype. yeah look at, look
2: at my knee okay. right oh, above I, my sorry, head. I thought you
1: said my knee but no he said uh, no the, my the knee knee Yeah, it, it is it is yeah. beautiful
2: brendan you have to come see our new place yeah absolutely um scooby has so much play 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 space now it's amazing oh
0: yeah well i took my dog over to see michael's new place and he shit shit everywhere like he ran literally kennedy ran in the house and then just started running through the house shitting
1: <laughs> he, he um it.
2: a lot of dogs do that someone else's dog did that the first time she came over um, i
0: was like are you kidding me right now oh, i think
2: it's boy. like kind of like a territory thing right because scooby did that when she moved in with us the first day she like as soon as she got in the house, she went in the furthest corner of the apartment and took a dump.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We we're like <laughs> Welcome.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as humans, uh, we're missing out on something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. That, Getting that's...
2: where we want and being kind always like dogs are.
1: Yeah, you know. That's the, those oh. should really be the two tenets of our new religion. We're starting today. Um. Anyway, the
2: poop, poop anywhere,
0: church.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are worse churches. Um, really are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so we've we've caught up with ourselves. What have you been watching? Anything lately that you want to discuss? Bring to the table. Oh God. everything.
0: Okay, right um, in the last eight months. Yeah, exactly. Uh... <laughs>
2: i Uh, okay go ahead may
0: no 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 go ahead
2: um i saw the black phone oh i haven't caught that yet twice and i really loved it really really loved it it's um scott derrickson directed it was written by him and his writing partner cargill um blumhouse made it universal just came out last week or like six days ago um And I'm so glad it's making money because even though it's based on a short story, no one knows the short story. So it is really, truly an original horror film. So it's great that it's making money because as we all know, IP is King these days. So, Mm. um, but you should check it out. I know there's been a little bit of rumblings from people online that the villain is like got gay face, but I don't see it at all that way. Um,
1: you mean because like like a, like a queer-coded villain, like that kind of thing? Yeah.
2: Um, I don't see it that way because, like, this isn't a spoiler. He's, like, kidnapping boys, and he makes them play a game called Naughty Boy. Um, and the villain's also a magician, and he, like, does very, like, people are calling it I think they're calling it mincing gay face because he does a lot of stuff with his hands and stuff. But if you've ever seen a close up magician, he's doing all the same flamboyant shit that a magician does. So I think it's like, yeah. I don't want to tell people they shouldn't be offended, but I'm also just like, you're kind of borderline, especially right now, talking into the right wing playbook that all queer people are grooming pedophiles. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, not really loving that aspect of the conversation from. Not a ton of people, but some people are saying it online. So I don't read it that way. Um, I'd be curious to see what other people think. But I think it's just a truly remarkably scary emotional film. With young kids in it are beautifully casted. And their performances are amazing. And Ethan Hawke is terrifying. But it's one of those rare... They tweeted about it being like a rare horror tale. But I think it's just a rare movie in general. Where like male friendship is at the forefront. And it's like a kind healthy like you know what i mean like just a really endearing male friendship which we don't get to see a lot in film um there isn't any you know what i mean if we do it's usually like bro or like "Eh, top gun eh," you know like it's like (laughs) that kind of stuff and like here it's just like really emotionally grounded in these kids like it's just i don't know i loved it so much i cried twice during the movie It's one of the most emotionally satisfying horror films I've seen in a really long time. So, and Scott Derrickson is just so good at crafting a scare. Um, There's like two or three jump scares in the movie that literally took my breath away because they're just so well crafted. Um, So, and I'm actually seeing it for the third time tomorrow. That's how much I've liked I like this movie.
1: Wow. (laughs) Fucking
2: fucking dork.
0: Oh my Uh, God. Okay.
2: So, the first time (laughs) I saw it, I got to see it alone at Plumhouse. Nice um because I'm doing a project that uh I was able to see the movie because of the project I'm doing It's 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 based on a short story by the same person Mm. so I wanted to I just was like can I see the movie so I can kind of get you know um and they were like sure so I like literally got to see it in Blumhouse alone because it was during like one of the um COVID scare like one of the Surges. Uh-huh. So I literally was in this like ever, the Blumhouse Theater that was right next yeah. to our old recording space. Oh, yeah, that's like, like, I was yeah. literally in the,
1: Yeah. It's like literally really in their bizarre by kind myself. of a vertical room.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: amazingly. And then I went to the
2: premiere. So like now I'm excited to go and see it for a third time with some friends who haven't seen it yet. So that it would be fun.
1: And some some normies in the audience. <laughs> um but other than that, just a bunch of other bullshit.
2: But that was the one I specifically wanted to bring up
1: sure
0: and isn't there um like a cool black phone freaky collab oh my god yeah (laughs) i totally forgot
2: so yeah blum blumhouse like almost every year now has their own little haunted maze at universal studios for horror nights um by the way this year they have officially decided that they're no longer mazes they're called haunted houses because they aren't mazes um So, there's a Blumhouse haunted house again this year. And normally they do three films in one. This year they're doing two, and it's the Black Phone and Freaky.
1: So, Freaky.
2: Yeah. So, Freaky, isn't it cool? So, Freaky is at Universal Horror Nights this year in Hollywood and Orlando. Um, There's already merch. If you want to go online and buy a Freaky slash Black Phone t shirt or a Christmas ornament, I've bought five of each. (laughs) um um, but i'm so excited and i also get a sneak preview so i get to like chris told me we get to go the day before it's officially like opens to check it out ourselves so i'm like so excited like who knew like and i had someone i don't know if it was yune or someone text me which like really hit home for me it was like hit at home for me or whatever was like isn't it nuts that that started in your brain and now it's a haunted house oh yeah that was (laughs) me i was like holy shit that's so true it's nuts i love it yeah fucking wild so wild like who knew that was on like that was never on my bucket list because i never even thought it was like a fucking possibility
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) life goal crazy yeah, super fucking cool. I mean, I they Blumhouse posted the link for the T-shirt yesterday, but I could not find the link for the fucking Christmas ornament. So, oh, I can do it for you right now. Yeah, yeah, send me that because I need that. Um, Even though I have not seen the black phone yet, was supposed to go last week. I don't know if I told you, Brennan. Oh, no, we absolutely talked about this. But I got my car totaled in an uh-huh. intersection. Oh my god, a week ago. It's so nice yeah this person ran a stop sign and t-boned me and like flipped the car and you know uh, it was like a wild ride
2: They it was like hanging upside down in my car
0: yes and honestly it felt really badass uh i <laughs> <laughs> was like whoa like i can't believe the car is flipping like, I, I can't believe the seatbelt is, like, holding me up in the air like this. I've always wondered if a seatbelt would do that for someone of my weight, um, and it did. And I wasn't really scared, so I crawled out of the car and looked back at the car and was like, oh, God. <laughs> so, nuts. so nuts. So, yeah, I haven't seen the black phone yet, but I'm super fucking excited. Hopefully, I'll see it um, over the long weekend, and yeah.
1: Yeah, and I'm just so glad you're okay. That's such a wild experience. Uh,
0: Thank you. I'm really glad I'm okay, too. I, you know, it's always like a super pain in the ass after your car is totaled and like, you know, all of like the paperwork, talking to these people, talking to these people. But um, I have to be like, you know what? You don't have problems if you're dead. And so if you're going to be alive, you're going to have to like handle shit um and if you're happy to be alive then that's just part of it and i was like well i am pretty happy to be alive so yeah i'm i'm happy to, and i uh, appreciate everyone's like precious love and care <laughs> since then um yeah
1: awesome yeah so awesome <laughs> <laughs> i mean i feel like this just pales in comparison but have you seen anything you want to talk about
0: oh i forgot i forgot uh i mean okay let's see i mean i have to talk about yellow jackets even though i finished it a while ago just because everybody needs to fucking watch yellow jackets um thinking of so fucking good so many good ass actors in it such a good story um queer characters like it's 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 amazing and then thinking of melanie linsky makes me think of i've been watching candy on hulu with melanie Lynskey and jessica beale and it you know i it for some reason it's giving me like the act with patricia arquette a little bit mm. although it's not Ooh. that it but it's giving me those vibes um and it's also, I think Melanie Linsky is such a special like version of batshit crazy in it that it's just like <laughs> wonderful to watch. And then to watch Jessica Beale not in her typical role, not as like, you know, I grew up on Seventh Heaven and like the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. So like, it's very interesting to watch Jessica Beale in this role and yeah, I'm loving it. I watched anything I mean I've watched so many fucking things and I watch a lot of things for work of course and have been really enjoying diving into like all of this background info queer creators and writers and actors and stuff so I don't know I feel like my brain will never allow me to <laughs> list all of the things I've been watching but yeah watch Yellow Jackets immediately as soon as you
1: can that that is something that i have had on my to-do list for a long time i am always you still haven't watched it brennan i'm infinitely behind on any television show that you're gonna love it yeah i mean you well you you're a big movie person yeah like i obviously you know i'm watch. i i can easily watch like 32 movies in a franchise but if it's a tv show with six episodes i'm like (laughs) where's the time it's uh (laughs)
2: if, if i had to tell you to watch watch one show right now that would be it
1: okay it's yeah. it's it's moving up my ex- incredibly long watch list. I mean, even just the soundtrack would
2: make oh. you happy. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it even had one of those to speak of. I mean, the music in the show is so great. Okay,
2: okay. And it's an important part of the show too.
1: I do love when yeah. music's an important part of something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Aaron Kusama, my god! Like
2: and oh, Brennan, she- it's like set in the nineties. I, I'm, a, I'm aware the of the
1: premise just through yeah. through work because I have had to write about like check out this fucking fan art of Yellow Jackets or whatever. Yeah, um, but but yeah, it's no, set I... in
2: '96 or '97, and they like one of the girls has a notebook with her like favorite movies listed, and Scream is number one. So like, you should already love this show.
1: I mean, I'm I'm in. I think Scream <laughs> should be number one on anyone's list from '96 yeah. on. Yeah. um yeah. so it just, it just yeah. makes sense but I'm, I'm happy to hear it um yeah for me what have i been watching i mean okay see this this does spit in the face of me not having time to watch tv i did watch a three hour bollywood movie that i want to recommend um yes! it's <laughs> it um i okay i'm actually i'm a little hesitant to use the term bollywood because sometimes it's used as an umbrella term for indian cinema and sometimes it's not this is specifically a film in the Telugu language of india it uh, in bollywood sometimes is meant to refer to just hindi language films so i'm i'm not in charge of that nomenclature i i will it it is in Telugu but it's from india that's what it is it's called rrr it's uh if, if you've been Like, part of the, like, cinephile community, you've probably seen this movie kind of having this kind of grassroots explosion. Um, It came out this year. It is this just maximalist anti-colonial action epic set in the time that uh, Britain occupied India. It is a fictional account of two different um, Indian revolutionaries at the time. Basically it's fan fiction of these two people saying, what if they were best friends and kicked a bunch of ass. Um, (laughs) And the movie has some questionable internal Indian politics that I do not have the context to get into. Like, like any movie from any country, it has things that people take uh, uh, issue with. Um, But, as a specifically anti-colonialist text, it is very exciting to watch these dudes just plow through, you know, a bunch of British soldiers in these extremely over-the-top action sequences. Like, yes. it, it, it is um, – the uh, excess is something that's really close to my heart in, in cinema and this is the type of movie where you someone is leaping off of an an overturning cart bearing two torches and there's two tigers flying through the air next to them and that's like the least exciting part of the scene that's about to happen um it is just it it's very big it's it's everything If you like action to any degree, it'll deliver. Um, And the three hours will go by like that. And also, it's it's just, it's a very nice story uh, about a a friendship between two straight men also, like, but like, you know, that has that emotional core that isn't just, you know, we're college frat buddies. Um, I also want to throw out, oh, I don't know if I have either of you read the Elvira memoir, Cassandra Peterson's memoir, Yours Cruelly, Elvira?
0: No, No. not yet. Not yet.
1: It came out last fall, and I just read mm-hmm. it. It is incredible. Um, That's what I hear. Yeah, obviously, uh, the big story from that is that Cassandra Peterson uh, came out in the book uh, revealing that she's been in a relationship with a woman for since 2004 that she hadn't uh, spoken about publicly. <laughs> um, but her life is just fascinating from the beginning. Like, she became a Vegas showgirl at age 17. Um, she's met everyone. Um, some of it is a little haunting about being a woman in the entertainment industry, but her story is just fascinating. And she's seen so much and she's done so much and she's such a cool person. Hell yeah. And I would also just throw out another book. I read a, I read a a queer young adult novel called the days of bluegrass love by Edward von Defendel. It was originally published in 1999 in the Netherlands and just got translated into English, like in May of this year um the story i would say is a pretty you know it it's been the ground has been covered since 1999 it's about one boy from the netherlands and one boy from norway falling in love at an international summer camp um so the the plot is something that you've read before if you've read anything like it but it's the prose even translated into english is really beautiful and i i recommend it quite highly
0: it sounds precious yeah it was yes
1: uh yeah that's what I got. Other than that I've just been binging nine oh two and in Melrose Place when I can.
2: <laughs> Dude you gotta watch Yellow Jackets. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Are
1: anyway. these
2: new to you though? These the, these yeah these, yeah uh... I, I'm
1: I'm watching both these shows for the first time. Um I uh drive pa- uh, on my when i when i worked in retail i worked at the DeLama fashion center the big mall in torrance where they shot jackie brown actually um yeah um but on my on my commute to work i would drive past torrance high school every day and that's the school where they shot buffy and it's the school where they shot yes. beverly hills 90210 so i i feel like i have this soul connection to to the show that i need to explore
2: i literally just watched jackie brown now that you mentioned it
1: yeah that whole uh, yes. like parking lot mall high sequence that was all at that at that mall yeah
0: um and you know that parking lot that mall stays lit oh it stays stays absolutely litty i feel like every time i drive by um i'm like okay what's popping off (laughs) at jesus
1: (laughs) yeah working uh... there sometimes we're like oh there's just people screaming hopefully that's a good thing (laughs) (laughs) i hope they're having fun Um, oh,
0: one yeah. other, just one other show I needed to, min- I need to mention. Yeah, because it was so fucking amazing. Hacks. Oh. Yes. C K S Fucking hacks on HBO Max. So, so good. So hilarious. Yes. Please watch.
1: Yeah, you you That's... will be shocked to learn I've not seen hacks yet. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm shocked, Brandon. No, I'm like, that's that's a little, that's newer. No, it's not. Obviously, it's newer than Yellow Jackets, but I, it's actually not at all. There's yeah. not well, there's a, actually...
2: Season, season, seasons. Yes! Season, <laughs> season two just came
0: out.
1: So... Have either of you seen that? Is it kind of continuing the season one vibe? Past?
2: Yeah, it's... Um, I'm like, I think I have two episodes left of season two. Brian and I are always late to the party. Um, but it... It's, um, yes, it's a direct continuation of last season, but it's also kind of a departure in the way they're telling the story. The whole last season was set in Vegas, and this whole season is set on a tour. Cool. Um, so she's like driving, and the main character, um, Deborah, is like doing her first road trip tour in a really long time, so it's like really. Interesting watching them travel from city to city as they navigate kind of a new a new chapter in her life. Um so yeah, it's really good. It's really funny. And there's like a really funny episode on a lesbian cruise ship.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. You gotta Deborah's
2: she's booked on a gay cruise and she gets there and it's lesbians and not gay men. <laughs> She's like, I'm a female comedian. Gay men want to see me. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, and Jean Smart is like giving the performance of her career, even, which is amazing considering how many performances of her career she's had. Um, so you should watch that too, Brennan.
1: Okay, I will. Um, I'll, I'll when when we do our next episode in five years, maybe I'll have seen it. Um, but yeah, so I guess we're here to talk about Scream 2022 is the thing that, that brings us together today, right? Yes. So I don't even know where to start with this, but I think, Michael, you have the longest history with Scream. I mean, I don't know if you can really talk about it, but you, you read the script before it came out, right? I did. Yeah.
2: They know those guys know. I've talked about it with them, actually.
1: Okay. Um. Yeah, I did. I read it,
2: I think March of, so when did that movie shoot? When did it come out? January, 2022. And it shot in the fall of 2020. Which yeah. Is October, 2020. Um, so I read it in March of 2020.
1: Oh, okay. Um, so right. Right. Yeah. At a great time for everything. Pop culture. Was yeah. Driving. I think we just kind of
2: got locked down because they were supposed to shoot that summer. Yeah. Um, they were supposed to shoot it in like May. And I think it was going to come out in 2021, not
1: 2022.
2: Uh, um, imagine. Yeah. So, but yeah. and uh, So, yeah, I, I managed to get a copy. Someone got me a copy of the script. And I actually, like, read it and then was mad immediately when I got done. Because I was like, fuck, that was good. Now I know everything. <laughs>
1: like, <what? laughs> so did, did having done that change your experience of the movie when you did get to see it?
2: I mean yeah because i knew the ending which sucks is i think the ending is so fucking smart and funny mm-hmm. and just so wild but it didn't it ruined it in the sense that i knew what was gonna happen but it played out on screen in a way that you just i just i don't think i could imagine like mm-hmm. the first time i saw the movie i remember the the finale i was just like i was gleeful i was just like this is because it's a pretty insane finale mm-hmm. uh, it's just a bunch of fighting and Groups of people beating the shit <laughs> yeah. out of each other and like running around that house and stuff. So it was like really thrilling to see it. I mean, I had a lot of fun with the movie, even though I knew because the script that I read and what the movie that came out were pretty. I think it was about ninety percent the same. Mm-hmm. um The only big difference was Tara and Amber were a couple.
1: Oh, um, that that it's clear that Amber wants to be in a couple with Tara in the cut that we yeah. get. <laughs>
2: yeah um a lot of the dialogue was the same and stuff so you you know what i mean so like even when they're texting in the opening she's like come over my mom's gone and she's like you're gonna have to do better than that you know it's like that's kind of flirtatious like mm-hmm. um which great you know i know there's like kind of a there's people on twitter that wish they would have kept it um but i'm glad they didn't because i don't know if i love the idea of like the only lesbian in the movie being or one of the only two lesbians in the movie not really being a lesbian and also the killer (laughs) you know what i mean like i don't know and then the other lesbian character would have been i mean tara goes to the ringer in the entire fucking movie so you have one queer character who is stabbed seven thousand times and also attacked every five minutes and then the other queer character is the killer so like for me it just is like it would have left a bad taste in my mouth i think cool. but i'm also at a point too where i'm like so in favor of like let's let the queer person be the fucking killer um but i do love that the queerest character in the movie is mindy and for some reason that character with her knowledge of the genre and just her personality and stuff like deserves to be the queer character if you ask me it's such an update on the randy like it could not be more different a queer black female like (laughs) as opposed to a straight white incel like it's just like well chef's kiss you know what i mean so like i really love that that change brought about the mindy character because the mini character in the script was straight and it was basically the same role but she was straight she had a boyfriend you know what i mean so like I don't know. I think it did I think they made the correct change there, if you ask me. So that was really the biggest difference. Yeah.
1: And yeah. and if there's one thing this podcast proves is that queer people know a hell of a lot about horror movies. Right. Exactly.
2: Um so yeah. Um, but it's it was such a fantastic script. So I was like, fuck, why did I read that? Why did I fucking read it?
1: Well, I'm glad um, you were still able to enjoy it. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. It's
2: my you know what's really funny is um my really good friend price and I were talking about the movie once and he's like, God, you really love this movie. I was like, I know it's my third favorite in the franchise. And he just cackled. (laughs) He goes, "Um," he goes, isn't that hilarious? Like he goes, like people are arguing on Twitter over like this being like their third or fourth favorite movie in the franchise. He was like, that's how strong this franchise is. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I love the movie. It's my third favorite.
1: i mean uh, yeah no uh blessings be to scream, scream seriously it's not, not a bad um, entry but yeah for the record in case anyone hasn't caught up with this by now we are going to be spoiling this movie yeah ha- i don't think we have yet but it's going to happen
0: <laughs> um, We have.
1: Nah, okay yeah. you're right you're right you're right yeah not, yeah, not like amber the... oh fuck I already forgot that because it just well because Scream 2022 is already like flowing through my blood to the point that I feel like everybody knows everything about it because I know it so well but that's not the case so I was like well yeah everybody knows that it's like no that's not that's not what happens um anyway so Nay what 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 was your first encounter with this did you see it in theaters did you wait
0: I did not I did wait there was like that surge happening and that got me all nervous and I didn't I've been kind of back and forth with theaters. There have been times that I've felt comfortable going and then like period, like a months where they're like, there's no ICU beds. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm not going to go to the movie theater right now. Um, but so no, I didn't see it and th- have not seen it in the theater. My first watch, I I remember... <laughs> some of these wild fights, I was like, oh, okay, Battle of the Brunettes, <laughs> like what the <laughs> fuck is happening in this? Um, I have to say it's so funny because I would read tweets about people saying that there was like too much Sydney and Gale, and I felt like there wasn't enough Sydney and Gale. I could mm-hmm. literally I mean, I'm frothing at the mouth for Sydney and Gale. So um mm. I re-watching it, I enjoyed it a lot, a lot more. Um I had a really good time and I think that it's just I I don't think I like a decade ago I would have been like you're gonna fucking love this <laughs> the like fifth screen five. <laughs> this, yeah. Uh-huh. I'd be like, no, you're not gonna be obsessed, but there's just something really fucking good about so much of it and fucking Mindy. Mm. I mean uh, like, of course, like I'm obsessed with Mindy because I'm obsessed with Jasmine's <laughs> mm-hmm. Um So <clears throat> it's just it's really good. Love Heather Matarazzo in it. Oh, Fucking
1: love- <laughs> like, if they only had one cameo, I'm glad it was Heather Matarazzo. I'd, I'd cut everyone else, put her in there.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. She's so amazing. Um, and I feel like really privileged to have like interviewed so many of these folks for the doc um including heather and jasmine um heather's was cameo was just so
2: cute too like yeah you know like yeah. I, that was the thing i when i read the script i was like i honestly like when i was flipping pages and shit i like saw judy pop up on like in her intro like it's actually a cut scene from the movie but there was actually an earlier there i think it's a deleted scene you can watch on the blu-ray or the if you bought the movie on itunes
1: can confirm
2: and um (laughs) i was like oh shit like this team is really like they're really respecting the movie it's like you see judy i'm like holy shit they brought judy back like it wouldn't even have occurred to me i love the franchise so much and if i got to write one of these i don't think it would have occurred to me to bring back judy i just don't think it would have and then I'm flipping and I'm like, holy shit, like um, Martha, like I see Martha's name, and mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? Like
0: they're doing everything.
2: And then there's actually a little moment when Sydney and Dewey have their first conversation where I mean he's and it, uh, he's also brought up later by Gail, but where Dewey asks her Sydney how Mark's doing. And I was like, oh my God, are they implying that she's married to Patrick Dempsey? And it's, it's just mm-hmm. like these people love these movies as much as we do.
1: <clears throat> yeah. No. A- absolutely. Look. I, and so, yeah, the, this movie came out in theaters January 2022, like r- smack dab, especially in LA's Omicron surge. um mm-hmm. So it was a really wild time. But so I was avoiding movie theaters too. But I was like, I do have to see the new Scream movie the day it comes out. But I I went to the theater that nobody goes to, um and I I went on an afternoon screening, and I was like double masked, yes. and I was just like ready. <laughs> Yes. Um, I was like, I will bring a cattle prod like six feet long. Just stay away from me. Um, so I did see that and then no other movies for like three months. Um, but yeah, no, Nate, I will say the first time walking or going through the movie too, I was like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm not getting familiar with these teen characters in the same way, especially like, you know, the horde of brunettes, like you said. Um, but I feel like the same thing happened to me with Scream Four, which is that as soon as I watched it a second time, like they really coalesced with me, like I could connect, uh-huh. like where they are at the beginning versus where they are at the end, and actually like follow their entire arc and be like, oh, I see, th- these characters are existing throughout the movie in a way that I just wasn't capable of picking up on, um, the first time around.
2: Well, I think it's I think it's so hard or so easy to get lost when you love a franchise so much with every new entry at first of really just being like, this isn't, you know what I mean? Like comparing it because the previous entries are so good Mm -hmm. that you can't help. But the first time, like I, that's what I was doing when I was reading it. I remember I was like 10 pages into the script and I was pissed. So I was like, what the fuck are they doing? (laughs) And then like Tara survives the opening. And I was like, Oh shit. I know exactly what they're doing. That was super smart. Um, but yeah you can't help but being like this isn't this doesn't feel like scream is kind of how I remember being with the first time I saw four four is now a really brilliant movie Mm um so sorry I get what you're saying is all I'm saying (laughs) yeah Yeah, you know
0: I feel like it's like what they say about Little Caesars it's like that's just good if there ain't a hating ass bitch in your ear telling you it's not and (laughs) when I first when I first watched uh Scream 5 I watched it with some friends who were like not is not into it and I think that that impacted yeah. My view. yeah and then watching it again alone I think I could I was really finally able to like feel the sibling you know connection between Tara and Sam and like I I just I just had a much better time watching it by myself for the second time you know yeah.
2: Yeah, I think you once you get past, once you see like where are your trios going to land each watch after that gets more enjoyable because you're kind of just waiting for them. At least the first yeah. time I watched it I was just mm-hmm. waiting for them, but then when you watch it now, I don't want to say it. I don't mean it the way it's going to sound, but it, you don't miss them.
1: Yeah, well but it, when they
2: come up you're like, "Yay!" You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know, I think the new characters are so good.
1: Yeah, it's that the other stuff is strong enough to hold up hold down the fort when they're not around. Exactly. Um, and Whereas
2: yeah. other movies in this vein don't do that.
1: <laughs> Perhaps. Yes. um But yeah, no. So ultimately, the first time I saw it, I was like, I really like this movie. And the second time I saw it, I was like, I love this movie. Um, so it wasn't a huge leap for me on on that front. Um, and a lot of the things I had a problem with the first time around, I didn't the second time because you know you you know what to expect that time and. I'm not saying everyone should have to watch a movie twice in order to like fully get on its wavelength, but it's totally. scream you're gonna see it twice. I don't know why you wouldn't yeah, yeah. Um, but so I what I'm curious about um th- this is going to be very much a scream love fest as it should be but I'm curious if yep. there's something uh that st- even the even on a like a second watch or a third watch or whatever still isn't quite what you want it to be in this movie. Um, yes. Like, for example, for me, I wish there was someone on set who knew how to pronounce Babadook.
2: I feel like that's on purpose. It could be. I feel like it's a joke because she's like 17 and kind of being a little smarmy with the killer both times. So I feel like it's kind of a joke that she
1: doesn't know how to pronounce it. See, that, that's that, the way I read it. That is the thing you can get away with in Scream, which is like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's a joke. Um, yeah. But the thing that. I I think it's a thing that just rankles with me whenever it happens in the Scream franchise. Like I have the same problem with the, uh, when Tatum in the first Scream says it's almost like a Wes Carpenter flick or something. Um, When, when Kevin Williamson characters or, or, you know, Kevin Williamson inspired characters are wrong about something that doesn't make sense to me because they're always like so sharp and smart. So the joke doesn't land for me if it is a joke.
2: I think it's great that that was in the original script and then they got Wes Craven to direct it.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Um, There's
2: also the Randy line in Scream 2 that he gets wrong about aliens.
1: Oh, yeah, that is. Yeah, that's it, Just you know, it just doesn't feel right. Also, that was written
2: correctly. He just did it wrong on set Mm -hmm. by accident and they kept it in.
1: Anyway, yeah. so yeah, that was my yeah. example of like a super that minor thing or yeah, it's so silly.
2: Mine um, is a big one. I
1: have one, but it's big. Okay, yeah.
2: And Scream 4 is guilty of this as well. Is there's no the only thing the movie's missing for me is like a big classic scream set piece. Um, I'm talking a Gale style chase in Scream Two, Sydney running through the house in Scream Three. Um, Sydney in the cop car and scream two, Sarah Michelle Geller in Scream Two, Sydney's Final Chase scene in Scream One. We don't get like one of those classic big scream chase sequences, and we didn't get that in scream four either. Um, so that's my bit that's my quibble. And it's like, I don't think it, it sounds like a big one, but I don't really think it is. I just wouldn't love that's my big want with scream six is that there's some sort of big, big chase scene. Because even like Casey Becker's opening scene is you know they kind of mimic it in scream five but like i was hoping there they would go outside the house and maybe Mm -hmm. have some cat and mouse stuff like they do in the original and um i mean but after making freaky i know those are like the first things to go budget wise Uh um, because they just take a while to shoot and stuff but i'm hoping since scream six is more expensive and they have more shooting days that they really stretch out some of these suspense sequences because I think Scream does them so well.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but that's, that was my only like, Oh, I wish we had that.
1: What What about you Nate? Do you have anything?
0: I mean, just, I know it, it couldn't be all about Sydney and Gail, but yeah. I would, I, I wanted a, a lot from them. I think, but I think it was just nostalgic. Cause I, especially upon my like second, third and fourth watch, I was like loving the new characters, yeah. you know? Um, and so, yeah. and there's only so much time. That's and the, fair, do, the thing I do love that they do with Sydney and Gail is they put them
2: together the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Which we haven't yeah. really gotten since Scream 2 is like them literally
0: <clears throat>
2: fighting and just being in scenes together. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think they have a scene together in Scream 4. Um, so that was really cool. And I love that this was really the first... Is this the first Scream movie where Gail's really actively involved in the finale? It is, right?
1: Uh, she gets sidelined in one and two. She gets tied up in three, four. Four. She's in the hospital. Oh yeah. Um, I will say. So this is, yeah. She does get sidelined very quickly at first. Um, when they're like, "This is a trap," and then she just gets shot. Um, right, and that felt to me. I was like, "Is this like a COVID consideration or like a scheduling thing?" Um, <laughs> right, right. Because it wasn't like, the script. It wasn't okay. script that way. Yeah, okay. Because th- that felt a little weird to me. Because I was like, "They're just gonna leave her on the front lawn again." Right. Yeah. Um, you're then she comes back,
2: and you're like, "Is Gail just kind of chilling in the front yard, bleeding yeah. out? Like, what's happening?" <laughs> um, yeah. Then she comes yeah. back, and she has that amazing. That amazing line of "It's all yours, bitch." <laughs> I oh, love yeah.
0: it so much. <laughs> like she her and uh-huh.
1: it kicks
2: her in the stomach <laughs> with a high heel. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And then throwing that bitch over the fucking aisle, kitchen island.
1: Bomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, bomb. Yeah, and and the... The honest
0: the the kitchen brunette smackdown was oh. honestly. <laughs> absolutely hilarious and amazing. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the whole scene. They
2: go back oh and watch God. it because there's some really great wig work going on <laughs> during that fight sequence, especially with the throwing over oh, the kitchen island because they their wigs are shielding all three of their faces. <laughs> and it's yeah. so satisfying. It's so good. <laughs> Because it's like obviously up. three stunt people, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I don't. It's yeah. just so good.
1: Um, and that scene has the one like kind of COVIDy reference that's like so elliptical that it it doesn't feel out of the universe. Like where she gets doused in hand sanitizer. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, hilarious.
2: A glass bottle of hand sanitizer, mind you, which I love. I'm <laughs> just, like, is <laughs> very wealthy. Yes, I'm into this. This is great. Um. So what do you think of like, I love that we, I love our podcast because most podcasts will be like, okay, the opening scene and we're just like, okay, the ending. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What do we think of like, just like, just the whole setup and stuff. Does it work for you with like, Tara surviving and then them using that to get Sam to come back into town and then see a lot of people, I know some people like have quibbles with the idea of it being kind of soap opera with like Sam being like, the you know unknown child of billy loomis and you know with the billy seeing visions of her dead dad and stuff and i'm like mm, scream one's a soap opera it's like literally like a mom's lover is like kind of accused of killing her and there's you know what i mean and there's like a whole backstory with that and they also the people don't remember like maybe it's just because i remember every little tiny damn thing in the world but like i think the references to billy are even going back to his one line in the original scream when he compares sydney to jodie foster scene visions of her dead dad in silence of the lamp so i'm like that's clearly where they got that idea you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but do we do we like that setup do we think
0: Oh. oh I, the the Billy Loomis Sam connection it's my that's my favorite part. That's like my fa- and the flashbacks and seeing him and stuff. That's like my favorite fucking part of the whole movie. It's like to me that's just genius. I'm like, yes, bring back the child of a serial killer mm-hmm. that we didn't know about and have her kick some fucking ass.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and look, who doesn't love a soap opera? Um and right? that part. The is soap like,
0: operas. I'm like, they're shitting on that, but everything wishes it could have the the in, the enticing nature <laughs> and the fun of a fucking yeah. soap opera.
1: And and there are so many things that are ju- that are soap operas that are just dressed up as something else that people can pretend isn't yeah. a soap opera. Um like, you know, mm-hmm. uh most almost all tv shows are soap operas like you i mean know. star
2: wars is a soap opera
1: yeah star wars like... <laughs> empire um not empire strikes back i'm talking about empire the television show the lee daniels show. yeah i mean yeah that's just a you know. um scream just everything um yeah i will say the the cgi youngification of billy kind of weirds me out a tiny bit but i do like that plot line a lot
2: yeah i wonder if they they could have just like let him be 50. Who cares? Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, she doesn't know what he looked like at 17. Like... Yeah. Also,
1: <laughs> he's still, he's Skeet Ulrich. He hasn't, like, he doesn't right. necessarily look that different. <laughs> right.
2: Right. Yeah. And, you know, and I know people have quibbles with Sam, too. Like, there's some of the fandom thinks her performance wasn't great or the character isn't written well. But I also, am like, I love her because I'm just, like, we don't need sydney 2.0 we don't need like the calm collected quiet self-assured character again i love that she's kind of like come and get me motherfucker or like is like we're gonna get the fuck out of here or she's like no i'm not gonna help you bye like i don't Mm -hmm. know it's kind of refreshing that sam is like kind of the exact opposite of sydney in a lot of
1: ways and we we have sydney she's here right why do
2: we need a second one you know like Jill roberts people love Jill roberts because she isn't sydney so like why do you want sydney again yeah it's like you said she's still around
1: Mm -hmm. anyway (laughs) the beauty
2: of the movie that i love i love is there's five surviving female characters Mm -hmm. five plus um Himbo Chad, which is amazing. But of the five, (laughs) the five women could not be more different from each other. Like, those are five really distinct female characters, which is such a rarity, not even in horror, but just in movies in general. Like, I don't know. Like, if someone was, like, this character, like, I don't know. I just feel like the five of them are so drastically different from each other. But you buy that they all know each other, Um, Mm -hmm. which I think is just so great. Mm -hmm. Like, that's hard to do. Um, and I think we've really, they've really earned the ability to tell a sixth story
1: through the eyes of Tara and Sam. Um, yeah. So And and I got to say, there is nothing I'm more excited for than whatever Mindy Meeks Martin is going to say about city set horror films in Scream 6. Like, right. I can't wait for her to talk about, like, <laughs> Poltergeist 3 and Candyman and uh Friday thirteenth. Yeah, Jason takes Manhattan. That yeah. that fucking Scream 2 Randy monologue on the quad, she's gonna get just about urban horror and it's gonna be great. And there's nothing better. It's
2: gonna be great. And I feel like her and Kirby will get in an argument over it.
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, we're here to talk about Scream 5. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. But okay, so of the of the new characters. If 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 you're if if we're taking Mindy Meeks Martin off the table because obviously she's the best, who's your favorite of the new characters? Like, who are you connecting with?
0: You're taking Mindy off?
1: Well, because yeah, we, we, I think we, that would be everyone's I think, answer. I think we will. <laughs> we have to talk about Mindy, and we will talk about Mindy. But like, okay, who's second place right. to Mindy? Okay. All right.
0: Let me think. Um, uh, of new characters. Okay. Uh, Tara for me.
1: Ooh, that poor. Poor Tara. That that scene of her with her her wounds reopening, wheelchair, she's wheeling out Ooh. of the hospital room.
0: Oh my god! Yikes. The, the yes. way it's written that in the script. That was excruciating.
2: And the way it's written, the line of the line of action in the script is like something like Tara uses her hand, her wounds splitting open on the wheels. <sighs> During the slowest and most suspenseful chase scene ever. (laughs) 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 So bomb. Uh, I I don't think her character is particularly completely fleshed out. I think that's what we're going to get in the next movie, um, which is exciting, but I think Mm -hmm. Jenna Ortega as an actress is just so great and her presence is so strong and she really just steals every scene she's in that that character for me i was most attached to and also just her little fight scene in the opening too with her little body kicking the killer and getting stabbed in the hand and her screams and stuff and just i don't know i just like really i think she's just so dynamic i'm really loved that she made it to the next film um so yeah
1: easily her for me what about you, Nate? Do you have anyone?
0: You know, I mean, I, that's hard. I mean, I probably would have to go with Sam just because I feel like something resonated about having a kind of off relationship with your half-sibling yeah. and <laughs> there being all of these reasons behind it, but only like the coming of age can really allow you to explain all of those things. Um, And I think I, something was just like kind of precious about Sam being there, like, I don't know, coming back into Tara's life and like really holding it down because I think something that especially COVID has taught us and, and just like the world in general is that nobody has to do anything like you 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 do not have to be there for people your mom doesn't have to be there for you like whoever it is regardless of the relationship like you don't have to um fuck with people and you don't have to help them if you don't want to Mm -hmm. and i it was kind of like touching to me to imagine having like a sibling kind of show up from nowhere and then like sit with me in the ambulance (laughs) or like Mm -hmm. go to the hospital with me or someone being like, Okay, well if you dumbass cops are here, who the fuck is watching my sister? And just like that, that protective nature, it's just it's just attractive. So I yeah, I feel like um I mean she had the worst boyfriend ever. But
2: (laughs) I and she throws herself in the lion's den like two or three times in the movie too. Like which is pretty amazing yeah you yeah know,
1: like yeah she's like uh she's yelling at that himbo cop like who is watching my sister at the hospital right now the right man. um he's like
0: I, I mean i i don't know i do think yeah Scream does a great job at portraying how useless the police force is
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I'm like okay let's keep it real let's keep it real they ain't solving or preventing crimes mm-hmm. um so I love that. I actually, I, I mean, Ghostface, he's he's pretty cab <laughs> he, Oh, she, totally. Both, he's pretty uh yeah. um, The
1: collective of Ghostface.
0: The collective of Ghostface.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, speaking of the bad boyfriend, he is one of my favorite new characters. Uh, Richie, Jack, that Jack Quaid oh, performance. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it. a really good performance. I, I think it, it is. It's a okay. very charismatic <laughs> performance. I and I, I think the way that he layers in. Like being a charismatic boyfriend, but uh, layering in the evilness of that thing that he is, and being able to transition mm-hmm. to the reveal. <clears throat> like I, I think he's. It's a really interesting performance, and I mean, and I like I like the comedy that he brings to it. Like when he and he gets to share that scene with Jasmine Savoy Brown, where he's like, "I'll be right back," and he's like, "Ah, ah." Uh. Um,
0: that is hilarious. Did you
1: have you noticed the scene
2: when they? Knock on Dewe- Dewey's trailer door Have either of you ever noticed Richie's face In that moment Which is like so. a total dead giveaway And the only reason I noticed it is because one of the writers Jamie Vanderbilt And I have become buddies in the last year And he He asked me if I noticed it And he's like next time you watch it pay attention to his face
1: oh.
2: And it's He's like it's, it's a dead giveaway That he's the killer <laughs> and So when you watch it he's literally starstruck
0: oh so like the whole
2: like i've never oh. seen stab is like obviously like out the window in that moment and he's literally like this behind sam but you don't notice it because the camera's not on him and oh. it's, such oh, an amazing so mo- it's such an it's such an amazing amazing moment but also like a really risky decision that i love that they did and Jamie described it to me that on set that they they did it about eight or nine different ways, and that was the last way. One of the directors was like, "Play it like you're starstruck. We want to have that option." Um. So they ended up using it, which I think is brilliant. Um, oh I guys. love when a love when a movie is ahead of the audience in that way, mm-hmm. um, or like is like we gave you clues. You know what I mean? Like, and it's his face. You guys have to go back and watch it today. It's hilarious. It looks like he's gonna I shit j- his pants.
0: I just pulled it up because I'm like, I need, to- <laughs> I'm like, I need to see the face. But I mean, honestly, I felt like that when I met David Arquette. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> like, I felt just as starstruck. So yeah, I'm just gonna have that on in the background because I need to see, I need to see what Michael's talking about. But <laughs> yeah.
1: but okay, did but- you get to it yet?
0: It, i'm like he's sitting here on his couch i think he just i'm like there should be just a few seconds oh yeah he's yelling go away <laughs> okay so yeah so here. it's when he's yeah it's when he's on the they're okay. at the door oh yeah he's about to open the door sam's like we're not looking for an interview <laughs> i'm billy loomis's daughter yes drop it,
2: drop <laughs> it. you should take a screen oh gallery, he sure. is
0: starstruck <laughs> oh shit he is he's mesmerized oh my god that's amazing thank you that is absolutely thrilling to see okay so, I so love
2: that i love when movies do that
0: wow okay okay hmm. that was amazing
2: and, and yeah his uh his descent into madness at the end is really good too that laugh He gives to Sam when he has her pinned down right before she stabs him in the cheek.
1: Oh. Gives that, like,
2: maniacal laugh. It's just so... It's so funny to me, but it's because it's just so fucked up. Like, the way he laughs in her face. I laugh every time, but it's not because it's funny. You know what I mean?
1: That discomfort laugh.
2: Yes. It's like, oh, it's so mean. It's such a mean laugh. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
2: she fucking stabs him right in the cheek. Like...
0: Oh, that cheek stab.
1: Uh, that
2: whole sequence is amazing. I will literally be laying on the couch, and Brian will walk in the room, and he'd be like, "You're watching Stam kill him again." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I will just put on that whole sequence sometimes. I'll put it on from Sydney <clears throat> knocking the killer over the banister and falling to the ground floor i'll put it on the movie sometimes just from that moment to the ending just to like watch that whole entire sequence because i think it's so fun um like fucking tara beating the shit out of amber with a crutch
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes okay i ain't never i honestly i'm like you know what you you molly walked that bitch with it she <laughs> really did
2: she really fucking did that little girl oh it's so good and then fucking mikey madison's performance is like not good if you ask me but it's perfectly not good <laughs> <laughs> fucking kill you like oh, uh, it's so funny when sydney throws her on the ground too i love that moment oh uh, <laughs> so good
0: a picture in this yeah
1: well anyways I I, I did okay. promise we would open the floor back up to Mindy Meeks Martin so now I suppose could be the time <laughs> um I don't know just Mindy like, rocks yeah we, we we've elliptically <laughs> so referenced like as as a Randy surrogate character and as a character on her own she's just like doing absolutely everything she needs to do
2: her performance is just so good And I think they did a really good job of giving her just enough without delving into her too much. I think the next movie is where we're going to see her in a bigger way, which is better because I think if you give too much of that character, that's what Kevin did so well with the original is like, when you look at Randy in the original film and Mindy in this one, they're not in it a ton. They're just used perfectly, you know, Um, and Mindy has that awesome monologue in her own house basically laying out the rules of a recall, which is really funny. (laughs) Yes. It's so good. It's so good. And I love that like the franchise is so good that Randy, Kirby, and Mindy feel like different people. Even though they all kind of come from the same place, you know? It's just so good. So good. I love Mindy. I love that she has a fucking rainbow pin on her shirt the entire movie. Like also, credit to Jasmine. That <laughs> credit to Jasmine. That was her. Um, Matt, one of the directors, told me that that was Jasmine. Just put it on one day, and they were like, "Yep, that character's going to wear that the whole movie." Like, I love it, um, and it's even prominent in all the promos of her, which is great.
1: Yeah, and 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 she she also, as the horror fan in a scream movie, she also does have that kind of hero's flaw of she is so cool and she knows so much that she's almost thinking of herself as invincible and she does get in trouble because, you know, there's that, like, whatever, triple meta scene where she's telling so great. fake Randy on the screen to turn around while the guy in the movie is telling him to turn around and she needs to turn around. It's, it's that whole thing. Um, and of course, she she gets to live because she is the smartest out of out of the whole, like, kind of Randy trinity or whatever.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, that basement scene where she's like, <laughs> By "I leaps could be and the killer." Too. Yeah. Oh well, obviously, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, love that basement scene where she's like, "I could, I could be the killer."
1: Mm-hmm. So I love good.
0: Every line that she delivers.
1: Yeah, she's just so. Yeah,
0: I have like confident. hanging on every word. She's fucking. Cool. Yeah. She's she's just like. I'm really excited for the world to see everything that she does. Yeah. I think it's just like already so epic. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and, and, and there there's something powerful about her her performance. It's like it's like she's playing it like the cat who caught the canary. It's very like kind of <laughs> sinewy and powerful in this really interesting way where she's kind of like laid back because she knows she has the power.
2: The superpower. Uh-huh. If you think about it, um, there was a line in the script that they cut that I wish they kept um, revolving around Mindy. So like she has that essentially that amazing she, not essentially she has that amazing monologue right and then she essentially i mean she doesn't essentially she does she accuses sam of being the killer mm-hmm. you know and you know how sam sam storms out There is a line in the script after sam left from dewey that i wish they would have kept that was really funny he goes you know randy accused us all of being the killer but he was a lot nicer about it <laughs> 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 Which is so perfect because she is just kind of in your face, you know, like she has a really funny line in the beginning of the movie where she's like,
1: you know, Tara could still die. Like, uh-huh. you know, like, so yeah. good. And it is a thing of like th- that character exists to watch what's happening as a movie. And there is that kind of emotional separation from that.
0: Yeah. I don't know,
2: I really love her and I really love Chad too. I think, I really think they really did a really great job of casting the movie. I think all the new kids are really um, charismatic. Like Dylan Minnette is really good in his role. Like, I think there's they're all very distinct people. They felt like, you know, I really like Scream 4, but outside of Kirby and Jill, those other kids really didn't feel like people to me. You know, Mm -hmm. Robbie and Charlie could have been interchangeable um olivia was just
1: yeah she was nothing she she
2: was gutted i mean i guess that's what you can talk about with her um but like you feel um wes's death whereas you don't feel olivia's (sighs) in Scream four and they're kind of in the same spot you know what i mean and they um they just do a really good job of layering these um these kids with just really distinct personalities and it's just really great casting.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and speaking of Wes's death, some of these fucking kills are bonkers all out. Like yeah. just really, I mean, the, I, uh, the, the, the way the knife was like piercing through the oh. side of his neck. is oh, so awful.
0: Yeah.
1: So awful. And, and
0: yeah. so, Wes's death was gnarly.
1: Yeah. But but they have that and they have they kind of evoke that too in the like cheek thing where uh, Jack Quaid gets stabbed through the cheeks, um, but also the, there's like this different cadence to some of them like um, Kyle Gallner's kill. It's just that little that little pop like that puncture and then we're out and then he's just so dying. great
2: yeah so great. Um, the Dylan Minnette sequence is really good too where he's oh, like yeah. being like such a good son and like setting the table for mom for dinner and like. <laughs> Just going around opening every door in the kitchen. Uh (laughs) And it's just so well done. And then uh, poor kid just dies. And did you notice the killer? The killer had like such a distinct personality to me this time, too. I don't know if you noticed, but in every scene, the killer would use his other hand to like push the knife further into the body. And I don't Mm -hmm. think, for weirdly, I don't know why I noticed that we've never seen that in a screen movie before. It was like, yeah, know, I'm curious to know if that was like them re- like really kind of nodding the head the fact that one of the killers is like a five foot three <laughs> little girl, essentially, you know, I don't know. But it, or it's just the brutality of this killer.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and this movie is upping the brutality. And, and I think there's something fascinating about the way that the Scream franchise has consistently been able to just have kills using one type of knife and have them all feel completely different.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right
1: because most slasher movies that have one weapon get really repetitive and boring. And this is five movies. And I, that hasn't been the case for me. Like it. Yeah. And it, and it helps that it's characters that you care yeah. about. Yep. For the most part.
2: Yeah. I mean like, uh, who has the most brutal death
0: in the movie? Is it Wes?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. Oh, I think so. Yeah. And it's so slow and you can see it coming too. Yeah. And he's like screaming. Hi, Scooby. Scooby just walked in. <laughs> oh, um, there's not a lot of deaths in this movie either
2: compared no. to the last few screen movies. I think there's six total and only five on screen.
1: Well, but um, that's also if you count because there are so many people who survive being stabbed. Like there's a lot of uh, like attacking, but yeah. I mean, a lot the opening dying.
2: scene, you usually get two mm-hmm. in every screen movie and there's zero. Um, but that's a big attack sequence Sam has a big attack sequence Tara has a second big attack sequence Mm -hmm. um I guess the biggest question is how do we feel about Dewey
1: that's a great question um (sighs) I I think like it it was tough to watch it's also a pretty good kill like as far as you know the execution goes so to speak um i think that the dewey of this movie deserved it because he didn't double tap he didn't check it's his fault um he should have known better um you know i i don't know it's tough but if we had to let go of one i think dewey's arc is over
2: agreed where else do you go with the character
1: because yeah, his character his whole thing is i am staying in woodsboro and that that's the thing that he did um yeah
2: and his character he's Arquette's never been better mm-hmm. either so it's like really fitting to me that it was his swan song and also how oh. else are you going to get fucking sydney to go back to woodsboro i mean come on mm-hmm. like let's be you know um and you know you can only have gail and dewey fighting in a scream movie so many times (laughs) yeah you know but i really bought the place that they were in together in this one more so than four i thought the Mm -hmm. conflict that they had in four felt a little forced um i am a little sad we never got to see them happy as a couple like ever Um, i was
1: always in between movies
2: (laughs) yeah so but i appreciate I think it was this time like i just i mean like, where else are you gonna go with that character and i also just think i love that he went out a hero because he's always been a hero and i love that gail's essentially last line to him in life is you're many things Julia, but you're you're not a coward Is just so poetic and david arquette is a daddy so <laughs> he went he went out doing daddy things too you know that his line when sam is like Dewey who gives a fuck and he's like I do. It's just heartbreaking because he really does give a fuck. And he dies because of it. It's just sad in a way, you know. His tortured soul. He went from like the bumbling cop to like a tortured man.
0: Yeah, I mean I would definitely rather see Dewey go than Gale or obviously Sydney. Mm-hmm.
2: Um yeah, honestly, if they killed the me, I would probably burn did. their
0: houses down. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, um, with Dewey, he, I mean, wow, okay, so I completely lost my train of thought, um, which is something that has been happening to me since the car accident last Thursday.
1: <laughs> oh
0: my. Oh. Which is something that maybe I would do anyway as a stoner. I'm like, wait, what was I talking about? um Dewey. Oh, I think they did him a lot better than like Sally in the most recent Texas Chainsaw oh. Massacre we made. You know, online. I mean. <laughs> uh, Do you... he did, you know, he did. <laughs> what, I was going to say something
2: about Sally that I think is really funny though. <laughs> so I kind of love that Sally in like two minutes realizes that something that took Lori Strode two movies to realize in the new Halloween movies. What which is that she didn't matter to Leatherface, and Leatherface killed her. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. I think that's the point. I think oh, it's just, really funny.
1: <laughs> it's it's so it that is funny, but just like what a what a, okay th- we're not talking about that but just like the fact that she's like mad that a non-verbal person one doesn't remember her name and two can't say it like someone who you've never seen speak ever just like you can't say my name like that's on you for expecting that <laughs> right true true <laughs> um
0: also, so yeah you I'm seen like, you in, like, I... 50
1: years you look
0: different yeah you look different sally he didn't know your um, name then, bitch. Yeah.
1: Like, did anyone teach, Like, I don't. Did she ever introduce herself to him? Like, why would he know it?
0: It's true.
1: Anyway, it's true. so sorry. So yeah, oh.
0: I'm like they did Dewey better than Sally. Um, but yeah, Dewey did have to did have to die. I mean, he he's not a cop anymore, but he was, and he's not ashamed of it. So. Yeah. You've got to go.
1: Got to clear you gotta the go, clear the slate. <laughs>
0: So we're all pretty much in agreement. But that I will say that, yeah, it was fine. What I will say for David Arquette, the person, he is in my like top five blunt rotation group of people. I don't know if he actually smoked weed, um, but uh-huh. if I imagine my I- ideal blunt rotation, uh, David Arquette is definitely in there. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah. He's just I got, like, it. so many amazing stories about his iconic-ass family, and I could just listen forever.
1: Yeah. Oh, what a what a special person. I'm glad he got to come back and, and like, uh, you know, at least kind of close the chapter on Dewey the way that mm-hmm. it is. is mm-hmm. It is an appropriate way to do that.
2: <laughs> it is, yeah. and it's just, like, you know, like, it's... I hate to lose any of the trio, but I, in a lot of ways, like you just can't kill Sydney. I mean, Nev Campbell's even acknowledged that she would never do a movie if they tried to kill her character. It just goes against everything that the franchise stands for at this point. And it's mm-hmm. like, what are you doing to her if you're going to off her and like scream seven? You know what I mean? Like, what's the point? And I really feel the same way about Gail. So I hope she doesn't go out and scream six because I feel like she's earned a right to survive too with everything she's been through you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i am so fucking amped to see what a post fucking husband being murdered gail weathers is gonna be like (laughs) especially on her turf they're fucking coming to her town this time Mm
1: -hmm. so like
2: i want to see that woman fucking breaking heads and i want (laughs) to see her boss and kirby around and being like get over here Kirby you're not getting <laughs> fucking stabbed again Ugh. now that's an interesting angle I know we're never supposed to be talking about five but I can't help but talk about six with Kirby returning what happens with her like there's so many interesting things to think about with that character because it's like if there has been a breakthrough character in the sequels besides Jennifer Jolie <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay,
2: it is Kirby it's Kirby Reed you know granted all these kids from five are breakthrough characters but that's who we're with now this is their story so we're still with them so bringing back kirby is really interesting I can't think of another franchise that has brought back a character introduced in a sequel into another sequel but isn't the immediate sequel you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like tommy Jarvis was in Friday four but he's also in Friday five and Friday six but like he didn't like sit out you know what i mean so i'm curious about that but i'm also like can you bring her back and kill her? Like, doesn't that, I don't know. Like, does that go against the reason for bringing her back? Like, but if you don't make her a threat, like what's the, you know what I mean? Like, what's the point of bringing her back? Like there's just so many cool things to talk about with the Kirby character.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm so grateful that I am not writing this screenplay, so I don't have to worry about that. That's, that's an intense balance of things to have to do, especially with it really
2: is. Cause like, the thing is, is like she for me, from for my money, is the one character that you have no fucking clue what's gonna happen. Yeah. I feel like you can kind of guess what's gonna happen with everybody else, but you have no clue. And I'm so curious to see where she is like 12 years later in her life as like a 30 year old. Mm. Uh, I mean, she's older than Sam, you know? Yeah. Like, so like it'll be really I don't know, I'm just like really excited to see where that character is. And I'm really excited to just see Hayden Panettiere back on a screen.
1: Hell yeah. And, and and yeah, um there's things like I, I I hate to break it to everyone, but like one of these fucking nine people is gonna die in the next movie. There's so many people alive. <laughs> like we we gotta kinda clear the board a little bit. Yeah. Like I think yeah. I think Mason Gooding is the easiest one yeah, to get I'm rid of because it's the I least thought... like Yeah. And I wanna put it out
2: there, I haven't read Scream Six and I'm never going to. I wanna be completely surprised. So anything I'm saying, I don't know. But for my money, he's going to be the one to go.
1: Yeah. Well, he's at least like the 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 he has his hooks in in into the like story the least. But that that Mason getting so good at everything he does. I love him. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we've been talking about this movie for a long time. We should probably start yeah. wrapping up. But is there anything you want to throw out before we do like a pride float kind of situation?
0: Uh, well, you know what's so funny? It is pri- so it's Pride Month for another, what, 12 hours? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I actually went to the, the, the parade this year oh, okay. uh, in LA and was sitting on a float and was like, this is hilarious now to imagine actual Pride floats. Uh-huh. <laughs> About uh-huh. These movies we watched and what it would be like. Um, I do want to say that I, I got really emotional at the parade this year because there were all of these shirts that said like free mom hugs or like free dad hugs. And there were so many families there and I, I got really emotional. I started crying because after one of the free mom hugs because I was like, wow, well, my mom would never be here. um, And obviously that's the case for a lot of people, but I think specifically right now with the political climate that we're in um and the way that we've seen social movements uh move be regressive and not just progressive uh pride felt very uh, interesting this year because it it feels like I mean obviously pride always needs to be a riot we (laughs) we always need to be rioting in that way um but it felt really important for us to kind of like just you know, check in with listeners, let them like know that we're still thinking of them, that it's still like really touching and we're always really honored when someone hits us up and we they've been like listening to us or they felt like, you know, they didn't have the queer community that they wish they had and that, you know, popping into our podcast or like any other um, queer horror podcast, how important that's been for them and like we're we're still thinking of you. We're we're still thinking of you all and we're still, you know, we you know, we're still in this thing with you and uh yeah, we're always you know, here it, yeah.
2: whether it's in whether it's in this form or just around. My um I interact a lot with people on Twitter, so you can always find me there and Yeah, we're always thinking of you. I was just doing a little, was trying to put together a little fundraiser for the queer center, uh, youth center here in LA recently, but I found out that they, all their donations are by schedule and it's a little bit more complicated than normal, so I was asking people to just send money if they can. In fact, the LGBTQ youth center called me during this podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But yeah we come back to do these random episodes because, well, we have fun, honestly, and we love doing them with each other, but we also do them because we know people still want to listen to us and that matters to us. So thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, seconded, thirded that, uh, you know, the, the queer as, as an umbrella, like is a community queer horror is a community. And we're, we're here for anyone who wants to be here and, you know, happy that, you know, you can, find a place to thrive wherever it is. Um. Yep. Anyway, I guess I guess that'll be a good pride float conversation unless you want to talk about Scream, but we're kind of throwing away the the rule book on these extra episodes, so. Yeah.
2: <laughs> There's no rules.
1: No rules just right. No rules.
2: Um, um, pride float, yes. Movie gets it
1: 100%. Yeah, I'm
0: down.
2: I'm down for that. I'm down with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I think like maybe we just give Jasmine Savoy the whole the whole float.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the whole float is her. It's
0: <laughs> not yeah, like the stream five float. It's the, it's it's the, the Mindy, Mindy float, float, honestly. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Mindy, Mindy Meeks. Mindy Meeks Martin float with her himbo brother. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he he can drive. Yes, he can drive it. He's so like talk about another character that is just so like I, I could talk about this movie for hours. But another character that on paper probably it didn't read this way on paper actually, but is just like your stereotypical jock, and he's just like a really good guy. Yeah,
1: yeah he's, he's good also at that.
2: just a very charismatic actor, so that helps.
1: He he is related to Cuba Gooding Jr. That does help, like. Oh shit. Yeah, I think it's his
0: dad. It's his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. shit. Did not realize that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um it, it I guess That's it awesome. runs in the family there. Um
2: right. let's let's hope not everything runs in the family. <laughs>
1: well, and, and not every not everything ever does. That's the thing. Yeah, like exactly. who's exactly oh. like their parents. Yeah.
0: Thank God. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <my> God. <laughs>
1: anyways this
2: was fun my back is gonna break
1: yeah yeah um real real quick where can we find everyone on the on the internet internets uh
0: i'm on instagram and twitter at may beaver n-a-y-b-e-v-e-r
2: i'm on twitter at michael ken ken and on instagram at michael tj kennedy what about you b
1: I am on Twitter at it's raining brands and Instagram at the burning Clem. You can also find us on Twitter at queer wolf pod. And I think it's the same at Instagram. It's been a minute since I've had to say where to find us. Um, But yeah, all that information will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. We love everybody. Happy pride.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.